Long boxers, welcome to Lords of the Long Box, episode one twenty-seven. Happy New Comic Book Day to you. We got a jam-packed show full of good stuff with one man down, so we're gonna kick it old school style. Three wise men of the comic kingdom. As Yo. usual, I got my cohorts with me. Ryan, say what's up to the good people. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's great to be here. It's Wednesday. It's always fun to be here on a Wednesday. Let's get some news going. Let's do it. If you notice, our man uh, Nemesis Prime is missing, so holding it down from the grotto is going to be our man Otto from the grotto. Say what's up. Yo, what's up to all my Autobots out there? We sent Nemesis Prime out to Moonbase Alpha to deal with some Decepticons, <laughs> so he's holding it down with that. So the three wise men, you know, Shad Rat, Mishat, batting a go right here for the Beastie Boys. We're ready to kick it to you live about all this comic book talk. We're excited, man. We put a lot of work into this, so I hope you guys enjoy the show tonight. That's right. We got a lot of cool stuff. Some more uh, stuff from our man, the Black Knight. This is the Black Knight special report, episode number two of the Black Knight Returns. Um, first of all, I'm going to like to thank our sponsors, KRSComics.com. Go to KRSComics.com. Use the discount code of LOTLB to get 10% off any KRS Comics exclusives. They are ramping up. They just got back from MegaCon in Florida. They are about to get ready to go to San Diego Comic-Con. And I don't know if you did you hear that? Exactly. You haven't heard anything. <laughs> Marvel and DC are super quiet, especially Marvel. There's about to be some big stuff happening in San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con, and we are here to speculate and just to lay about speculate. it. And our other sponsor, big shout out to the geekyswagshop.com. Use the discount code of L-O-T-L-B to get 15% off anything in the Geeky Swag Shop, including Lords of the Long Box t-shirts. Yes, even this white one, white, black, and blue, up to 6XL for our large fans. Or is it 4XL? What a, it's for all you big boned people out there we got we got shirts to cover you man so just go to the geeky look on the menu for lotlb and you can get your t-shirts there uh use the discount code of lotlb you get uh 15 off and it comes out to 21 dollars ship for a shirt that is a pretty darn good deal if you ask me shout out to everybody in the live chat man randy sloan out there early he was first swagger not 88 connecticut comics gorilla garage discovery bay comics jls comics holding it down with the wrench let's kick this party off what you got for us ryan well, you know, it is May 27th, and on our Black Knight report today, we do have some news that there's some Black Widow news, some casting audition auditioning news. Uh, this, Camilla Mendez. Yeah, this is interesting because this is an actual multi-pronged news. So if we actually go back to uh, comicbook.com reported that uh, Camilla Mendez, who is a Filipina actress, uh, is auditioned for a role in Black Widow as Miss America, otherwise known as America Chavez in the comics. And there's another rumor out there floating around that the Ultimates movie is going to be made. And guess who else is in that Ultimates movie? America Chavez. Uh, so there's no confirmation of the role she ended up with, but she she's auditioning for both. So she's going to be, it'll be the first Filipina actress that's ever been uh, uh, up for a role in the MCU. And later on, we're going to tell you about some other stuff and how Marvel is going all Asia up in you. But as usual, you guys want to know why this is important, what com comics can get hot and what to speculate on. This issue is, a, you know what, you had to do a little research to find this darn book the first appearance of america chavez who is kind of like this alternate version reality i'm gonna let my man Otto take it from here what can you tell us about america chavez yeah this book i had to go deep into it was pretty interesting to find um so the first appearance of america chavez came in uh vengeance number one from 2011 
And what's great about it is when you first look at this book, it's a Del Otto cover. You know, Otto loves his Del Otto covers. Otto's good. And uh, Jose, uh, Jose Casey did it. Uh, Nick, Nick Dragata, if I'm saying his name right, did the interior art. And um, pretty cool book, you know. And if you see it right now, Ryan's got it up. You know, decently priced, you know, uh, white and black cover, Magneto on the cover, typical Del Otto stuff. So just a book, you know, that you ne don't necessarily see often, but maybe you should be looking for. So. Yeah, GPA is only uh, $236 on a 9.8. Uh, 98 GPA is 259 uh, A 9.6, and we always talk to you about modern books, right? The 9.6 can sometimes be the kiss of death. You know, it can be, depending on how rare the book is. So right now, raw near mint, they're going for about 20 30 bucks. But these are, are like any of the, the new Marvel characters that they create, you know, um, if you could think back to Silk and Gwenpool and, you know, uh, you know, Spider-Gwen, uh, most recently with Agents of Atlas with Wave, I meant these new characters they create without any movie speculation automatically start getting hot. This character has been around for a couple of years now. She's a pretty prominent role in the Ultimates, the comic. And uh, I highly suggest you guys read that. It's a great, great run, especially if you're down with like big event things happening in the cosmic side of the Marvel U. So Vengeance number one, even though Vengeance is spelled incorrectly, uh, mm -hmm. We all get the chance, <laughs> but it's okay though. It's a great cover, though. I mean, that's yeah, you know, Zenny Delgado. I, mean, I would imagine those. You know, anytime we talk about new uh, speculating on on new first appearances, uh, um, uh, the modern area, modern era, you always have to think about the the variants because you know, if you get Silver Age, Bronze Age, there was no variants, right? Even Copper Age, there was no variants. If you think about all the first appearance of the Copper Age, not many variants at all. But when you talk about modern books, you have to start looking at all the different variants there could be. And there's always that one variant that is the hottest of them all. You know what I mean? Right. So, yep. you know, look out for that. All right. You know what? We've been a little low on uh, DC news. Mm, so let's make Ryan happy. I am happy. And you know what? Yeah. I am very happy because a few years ago, we got a little bit of a tease about uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle like a buddy cop kind of movie, whatever they had teased it around. Well, it looks like we may finally be getting our booster gold movie. Yeah. I think, uh, this was what caused the speculation to pop first on booster gold. Remember way back when, mm -hmm. uh, they were talking about it, but now it looks like the booster gold movie is actually moving closer. Um, if you go to a comic they're saying according to screenwriter, Zach sense, he's completed his work on the script for the WB's booster gold movie. After formally being hired back in 2016, so wow, that's like a three-year time window he got to write a script for it. And in between that time, in between that time, the mo the book has picked up pretty well, and then it cooled down. Obviously, when any time with movie speculation, but here's some insider information. I promise not to say that, but uh, our man, the Black Knight, has told us uh, a little bit more. So anytime you see these headlines, I promise to fight, to dig deeper into it and probably you know shed some light on what's going on. Similarly, if you have any questions in the live chat, go ahead and post them. Uh, if you can, put at Lords of the Long Box so I can actually see it. Uh, you know, there's only 42 people in now, but it's quickly filling up. Sometimes I can't see it. So basically, um, what they're saying is uh, Greg Berlanti, who, if you don't know, is the kind of producer and the the showrunner of all the CW shows. Uh, this the Greg Berlanti's Booster Gold film is a test by the Warner Brothers execs uh, looking at him to take over DC Films. Because if you guys remember the whole big to do was about uh, Jeff Johns. And if you notice Jeff Johns, you haven't heard anything from Jeff Johns. He's kind of mm -hmm. taken a step back. You know, he hasn't really gone forward, but they're looking at uh, Greg Belanthe's take over the helm of all the DC films. Um, if 
Booster Gold is commercially and critically successful. He could end up as DC movies version of Kevin Feige. So the shift is happening that, you know, with Jeff Johns doing what he's doing, but Jeff Johns, remember he said, I'm taking a step back. I want to do more of that black label comic that he's doing. So he's doing more of the, but you know what, you know, say what you want about. I like the idea. For the most part, Berlanti's done a a pretty good job with CW. Those shows have been going Mm -hmm. on forever. It'd be interesting to see what a Berlanti led film with the proper budget and backing of the studio can do because you know cw is somewhat you know crippled by their their budget you know they're you know you see some cool stuff and then right. you see some other weird shit like the shark on the flash and other things of that nature so <laughs> um what can you tell us about booster gold auto well this is a great book you know why because this is a first appearance first issue book that's a great hashtag yes, for Instagram. Love that. you like that so that came this book came out in 1985 18, in 1986 and you know i was a kid buying stuff off the rack and i probably passed on this and you know, a year and a half, two years ago, it was, you know, a little less than a $5 bin or $10 bin, but now it's going up. Um, it's Dan Jurgens wrote and drew it, drew, was the artist behind it. And not only is it the first appearance of Booster Gold, but it's the first appearance of Skeets. And Skeets, Skeets. is a great character, right? Like, that's it another is. character. That's his droid, his companion, a person that he's always talking to, like the voice of reason. Um, it's a great DC book to have for that time. And again, it's a true first issue, first appearance book. So... Yeah, so well, I get it. You yeah. know, I wonder if Harry yeah. Gary said nine point eight last sale on a nine point eight was two twenty five. Ninety eight GPA is two forty. Uh, for those who don't know what GPA is, a website that gives you uh, basically a, a, a record of eBay sales, uh, or you use Comics MV. Um, a nine point six only eighty two dollars. But so this is the prime example of a modern book that does not hit nine eight is that's a precipitous fall off right we're talking right. over uh you know 50 percent yeah. less even more less than that uh rock hobbies you can find 20 40 dollars uh you know it's pretty they're pretty easy to find but you know if you get one make sure sh- and you want to get it slab make sure that it is a nine eight if you don't know what a nine eight is you better ask somebody you know, but you know, i could see nine- <clears throat> i could see I'm, I'm really excited about this i'm sorry to interrupt but i could just see like a like a guardians of the galaxy type goodness with time travel instead yeah. of space it, it, yeah it's it's gonna it, it could be really cool and really fun and he's a really cool character so this is a good book to have for sure yeah yeah shout out to very gary who just happens to be in the live chat right now and he doesn't have any copies yeah oh. and, 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 just and like sh- he doesn't have any first nihilist <laughs> right uh, and shout out to nemesis prime justin for getting all the uh dollar price stats for us tonight even That's though he right. couldn't be here he put in the work yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Very Gary Flash sixty seven ninety two Caleb uh, Comic Smurf Murph Jesus uh, Roman Curtis Gorilla Grod Discovery Bay I'm sorry I already said the Mister Unknown Comics guy uh, oh, Big Easy from Home and NY Warriors Comic Food twenty eight fourteen uh, Yeah so we got some you know finally some movement because I, I got to be tell you man I was a little worried about the DC stuff they've been really quiet but then again you know like I said. It's kind of quiet on all fronts. And, well, uh, the, su- the success of Shazam, I'm going to say that five times fast, um, yeah. kind of gives, you know, a quirky kind of weird character. It gives Booster Gold a little bit of more, a little more oomph, I think, in the right direction. And here's the thing, though, is um, I think the caveat is you have to say the critical success of Shazam. Okay, sure. Because 
Because I think the suits at Warner Brothers who are all worried about, you know, the bottom line, which is probably what they're there for, right? To make right. money. They're probably a bit like, man, we were hoping it could do more. It yeah. costs $100 million. We only made $360 million. Marketing, maybe another $25, $30 million. That's why we reported about the Black Adam stuff may not happening because The Rock wants a $200 million budget. And I just don't know if they're willing to throw that uh, torch Shazam. They should, though, because, you know it proved that you know it can do well I think, but even i remember look, the marketing of shazam was a bit people like, are wary can, of dc films you know they yeah, get so, they get know. it's it, there's a stigma for some reason yeah. right what about tv though you know tv about, is fantastic that's the thing it's, arrow's ending you know um legends is you know should be you know coming to an end batwoman starting to an end you know, Batwoman starting up. This would be a great time to revamp it. That would be a great show. Well, they're starting. They're going to be doing a crisis uh, crossover. Uh, yes. According to the last episode of um, Arrow and Flash that I saw. Um, I still watch them, by the way. But I'm, t- I'm glad Arrow is kind of ending because it's been a somewhat of a tedious watch. You know, I can't. Before, there was all the flashbacks in time. Now it's like flash from forward, and it's killing me, man. Just tell a fucking linear story and stop it with it. You would think <laughs> the Flash would be the one always constantly jumping in time, but Arrow is. It's like oh my flashbacks, God. flash forward. It's like, but speaking of uh, DC TV, uh, we got another news story. Yes, for we you. do. And speaking of Flash, these flashy guys, Metal Men, coming God. to TV, everybody. That's right. right. What do you think about that? I know nothing about Metal Man, and I will be. I know a little bit. I know a little bit from the 52 run. It was a 52 weekly. I know it from there. Yeah, and but I think a lot of people crazy kind of brush up. It, it. It's, it's yeah. going to be fun. I mean, I, I don't know. It's interesting. It no one knows anything remember, about it. I'm trying to remember when it was announced, but basically it was announced maybe two years ago, right? Um but, you know, our man, the Black Knight, has said that um, the, the Metal Man TV series has long been in development over at DC. Jeff Johns originally pitched it as pitched it as a feature film for du- feature film. But Warner Brothers Brass felt it was a B side of an obscure, bizarre misfits in, the, in a com- comedic sci fi world. Uh, and it would be box office disaster. So it tossed it aside. You know, a year later, Marvel Studios nearly made a billion dollars of Guardians of the Galaxy. And guess what came back? Metal Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Right. You know, they're thinking they're trying to figure out what to do with it now. Like I said, with Jeff Johns in out. So quite possibly, I mean, this is a great Silver Age spec book. That's what you know what I mean? This is one of the few books that we could talk about that, you know, hey, one of those weird Silver Age books that you can probably get for a good price because it's, you know, they're going to do it. And I think what the the um, the success of um uh shit what's that show the weird show on the dc universe right now oh, uh, doom patrol doom, doom patrol yeah the success of doom patrol swamp thing looks really weird too that metal man tv series could definitely happen uh, yep. i don't i don't know if it can be on the big screen quite yet but you know maybe give it to james gunn or something but what do we know about the uh metal man comic i'll tell you well this is a showcase number 37 first appearance and they are all on the cover of that book so that's great um, that book came out in um, actually nineteen yeah nineteen sixty three, um, showcase thirty seven. You know these you artists don't see that, many of these either. No, mm-hmm. you don't. Um, the artists and look, see they're all on a cover right there, and it's classic DC covers, DC colors right there. Um, but DC was always short lived with their artists back in these days. So Robert Kaniger did it, and Ross Andrew did the inks and what's inside. What's up with Silver Age DC and their villains always being large fucking mm-hmm. sea creatures? Yeah, right. <laughs> you got, got Starro, right? The giant yeah, starfish yeah. from Justice yeah. League. Now we got a what is that? A fucking manta ray? It's or like what a is giant that? manta, right? Right. Yeah, it's like I'll go. All right, all right. So we see you. So yeah, so it's the kind of pricey, man. It's it kind is of pricey. 
But the good thing is there's not many of them being moved because the news has slowed down. We're looking at a 7.0 last sold in January of this year. So that's good four or five months, man, 950. These are the kind of books that just don't go up. But look at right. the, the price drop between a 7.0 and 6.0. Yeah. If you don't mind, you know, you can save yourself yeah. quite a few pennies by getting a 6.0. And, and, and in Silver Age, for me, sh I mean, yeah. it's 5 really... Is, uh, 5.0 and up in a Silver that's Age, I'll awesome. take it. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. That's right. awesome. Like, I'm okay with a 2. No, <laughs> but absolutely. As, you, as your boy Uncle Tebow has always said, look for a 6.0 that's an older label because you have to just assume that all new books now that get graded, if you're going to buy it, have been pressed and cleaned, right? right? I just assume that. So if I see an old label on it, I will say, you know what? Maybe it hasn't been pressed. But if you see one in person, look up on it, you know, get an, like I always said, like 5.0, 6.70 is like the sweet spot for an upgrade in, in, in the grade, right? If you can press it out, look through the slab, look for any defects, right? Even buying a raw copy, right? Look for pressable defects. We've always told you that's how you, that's how you even out the game. If yeah. a retailer is going to charge you 30% over retail at a show, well, look for defects. And you're allowed to ask, I mean, has this been pressed? Right. Yeah. Hopefully they're they don't even know. They just flip right. them. Yeah. Or even better yet, get the graders notes. Yeah. The graders notes will tell you a lot. Nowadays, it, you know, you can buy, I think that I bought mine for uh, $10. I, I, when I bought my Strange Tales 110, um, you know, I got the graders notes on them. And then I was like, hmm. And then I had to, you know, I don't know, man, uh, if I want to do it. And, you know, always speak to a professional grader like our friend Rocket Comics. Mm -hmm. Go to Rocket Comics. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> RocketComics.net for all your <laughs> pressing and CGC submission needs. Yeah. But always find, you know, ask them opinions. Uh, I believe there's even some guys um, where um, Heroes Restoration, you can actually send it to him and he charges you like $5 or $10 as a kind of a pre-eval. And he'll look yeah, at it through do. this lab and tell you if he thinks it's a candidate. And he, he does pretty good work, too. He's up in uh, Portland, I believe. But those are little things you can do, man. You know, always, if you know, if you need, if you know, if you don't know, ask us, man. We're all on social media. I get people who, who slide up on my DMs all the time on Instagram asking my opinions about stuff. And, and I'll tell them, you know, it's for especially if you're making a sizable investment. Right. Right. But Somebody we, it could be two hundred dollar investments a lot. Somebody's a two thousand dollar investment. But either way, try to get as much knowledge as you can before you make these purchases. Yeah. No. And these these Silver Age books, though these Silver Age DC books, I would like to do. Um, you know, find out how many of these books are actually in the census. You know what I mean? To see how many books are. I guarantee there's not many because it's you know got to be a low print print run. It's got to be. I mean, it's it's be. these were books that you know kids would roll up and throw at each other. You know, and not really care Just, about. But, Using the eye test. How many yeah. do you see posted on First Appearance right. Friday on Instagram, no, right? No, I mean, no. you know, right? Instagram is a great, great gauge of what is hot and what's right. rare, something you don't see that often, you know what I mean? Like a 9.8 Amazing Spider-Man Chromium. How often do you see that? Yeah, no, I've, I've never seen one of those ever. Any update on that, Ryan? Are we still, no, uh, I'm still working on it. I, I'm, I haven't even started negotiations, but... We're gonna it's there. It's there. Do something. I just haven't had a, had a chance to do anything. All right. Well, if yeah. you're interested it's coming. in that it's uh, coming. amazing Spider-Man Chromium 9.8, hit up Ryan. He may be able to make a deal with you. That's right. I can. All right. Finally, we got some MCU yes. news, and this is breaking news. Nobody else has talked about this yet. Ryan, what well, is the hint? The hint is in the next X-Men movie, right? What is that what they're saying? No. That, huh? Second or third. Oh, the second or third X-Men yeah. movie upcoming. Um, they're going to be introducing two characters. Interesting. Not, and it's not, in a special land, right? Yes. Not only are they introducing characters, they're introducing a whole new 
I want to say realm. It's not really a realm. It's just an area you haven't seen it for. So fast forward, this is something they're talking about, and this won't be in the first X-Men iteration. This will be in the second or third X-Men film. This is how far out Kevin Feige has everything planned. Our man, the Black Knight, has told us the second or third X-Men movie, the MCU, will involve journeying into the Savage Land. And no, not by coincidence that I just get X-Men number 10, the first parent (laughs) of Kazar and the Savage Land. Right. But Feige wants to give Magneto, uh, you know, a, a long break for a while, you know, and, and we've always said that, that they're going to step away from these characters, kind of introduce some other things and slowly bring them in. And the main villain of the Savage Land will be Sauron, which is the flying dinosaur, right? If you guys yeah. know your X-Men uh, history, uh, Kazar is also going to be slated to agree. First appearance, X-Men number 10. And also, this is a slept on book right here. This is, I hope you have your pens and pencils. This is your speculation book. Shana, the She-Devil, is also slated to appear. And that is a great spec book because it's a wonky, wonky little fucking Bronze Age book. And the other books are kind of popular. Some of them are not. And Otto, give us a rundown of what books that they should be looking at for the X-Men Savage Land stuff. Yeah, so you definitely want to get in on X-Men number 10. You guys know that cover, classic uh, Stan Lee, uh, Jack Kirby cover. That came out in 65. And, you know, that's the first appearance of Kazar, Sabu, and the actual Savage Land itself, which is pretty cool. Sabu um, is his pet saber tooth uh, tiger with that big ass teeth, yeah. you know. So yeah, so that's really cool. And then when you want to look at um, Sauron, he sort of a very um, different character. Uh, you know what? Let's just talk about um, Xeno number ten real quick because we can talk about the price value of it and stuff like that. Um, you know, nine two is you know is running around a thirteen hundred bucks. And then you drop down to a 9.0 and you're looking at 9.95. That book for me, I'm happy with that book around four and a half to five, to be honest with you, for my personal collection, if I had it graded. Um, but again, that's a book that you can find and you can get it pressed and cleaned off and it'll come back nice. And this is Kirby at his finest right here. I mean, this is KZR yeah, nine, cover. 9.2 is uh, last sale was 1300. 90 day GPA is about uh, 1300 on a 9.0. Excuse me. Uh, 9.2, 9.0, you can get right around a grand. Damn, that's you know, if you could find a 9.0 in a book from the mid 60s, yeah, right? X-Men 10, good luck. <laughs> yeah, and especially a white cover like that, yeah. Well, luckily for mine, I got I have an actual white pages, but mine came out to be like 5.0 or 5.5. You haven't seen pages though, that's unbelievable, you know. Yeah, go peep out Lords of Long Box. I just posted nice. a haul video, and I, I don't understand. I'm showing bangers out there like Fantastic 449 and X-Men 10. I only no got cares, 500 man. views. Nobody cares about the, the comic hauls. <laughs> it wasn't anymore, on the shelf yesterday, bro. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. all well, right. Well, What's Hold the on, uh, other ones? The other ones we want to go after is X-Men um, 59 and 60. So 59 and 60 are unique books because now we've got Roy Thomas and Neil Adams working at Marvel. And at that time, you know, the X-Men weren't a very popular storyline at all. And they were really wondering what to do with it. So in X-Men number 60 is when they did the first full appearance of Sauron. And that's all Neil Adams and Roy Thomas. And yeah, Neil Adams and Roy Thomas. I mean, like that video we were talking about before we came on the air. If you guys yeah. haven't seen it, a Marvel's YouTube channel, they got this great history of the X-Men because it's all building up to the anniversary of the X-Men and the relaunch. And they talked yeah. about, you know, and we talked about in this show, like the X-Men sales were plummeting so bad they actually went into reprints. Right. right. Uh, and it, there's a great video with they 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 talked to Chris Claremont and all these other cats. And they actually Neil Adams actually brought uh it back to life. Yeah, uh, for a short period of time, they didn't know what to do with the X Men comics, and then, and then it just kind of, and then it just went onto hiatus for a while, and then boom, giant size and ninety four came out, and the rest is history. 
But right, what's but what's the other? Uh, what's so? What's the significance of sixty? Or are we on fifty or sixty? Yeah, well, that's that's sixty right there. That's the first full. First Fifty-nine is yeah. fifty-nine. They show like the um, it's just kind of like the cameo. It's like your Hulk one eighty versus yeah, Hulk yeah. eighty-one book, you know? Yeah. So, just cool, cool books that you guys should um, be yeah. looking at and stuff like that and finding. What about uh, Ryan? Do you have the uh, stats for Shanna the She Devil? No, Shanna. Yeah, so Shana the She Devil number one is her first appearance. Believe it or not, it's not in the X Men. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a Bronze Age book, um, and you know they you know basically it's she's the Jane to Tar to to Tarzan's right. I mean right. Shanna, you know you can't be in the Savage Land all by yourself. Right, right, right. You, need a, you need a female counterpart, man. So they hooked him up with Shana the She Devil. Um, so you know there's been a lot of Jungle Women since then, but you know it's kind of like a popular. Uh, there, thing in comics has put a woman in a loincloth. I mean, every generation has it. Like it started with Tarzan and Jane, and it went up throughout the years. I mean, I think Frank Cho did uh, what Jungle Girl. Yeah, if you want the more risque stuff, okay. <laughs> but it's always been that kind of like that thing. A man gets bored in the jungle. And he needs some. Uh, he needs some uh, womenly touches. But yeah, go out and get those X Men number ten. First Kazar, first, first Savage Land, first Sauron is X Men fifty nine and sixty, mm-hmm. and first Shane of the She Devil. Is insane. The She Devil number one, and yeah, I've been eyeballing sure. that. Um, but you know what? We're not done. We got more X Men stuff for you. X Men. You know, I, I couldn't even tell you who this character was. Oh, I can't. Because I'm not very really familiar <laughs> with so, X Men. Uh, next up is on the news that's coming is during the run of the X Men movies going to come out. They're, they're stepping away from what's already been done, and it makes sense. The X Men have a rich library of characters and villains to choose Tons from. Of villains, Fox right. continually push Magneto, and they pull out all the big guns first. You know, they 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 pull out Magneto, Apocalypse. They were going to do Mister Sinister, Juggernaut. Uh, you know, but you know, Feige is got all that Marvel history. Um, so um, the, the character, the villain, the first villain that's on the X Men list will be appearing soon in the MCU. Is our favorite little arcade maniac. Arcade, yeah, the insanity. Right. Well, yeah, arcade. If you guys been, if you guys read the Claremont run, arcade was always there, kind of messing with the X Men. The really iconic covers of like some really crazy game, and they're stuck in a giant pinball machine or yeah. anything like that. Great, great villain of the X Men that's to spec on. What is his first appearance, Otto? Yeah, so this is a great book that people should be going after, and I'll tell you why in a second. But this is a uh, Marvel Team Up sixty five. And you guys probably don't even know that that's his first appearance because that's the Spider-Man cover with Captain Britain on it. And so that is the first. So this, let's just start with that cover. So we all know the cover with um, Captain Britain and Spider-Man, Marvel Team Up 65. And some fun facts about this book, why if I'm a collector, I'm going after this book. Don't need it in high grade. I mean, it's not too expensive, but it's his first appearance, but it's also the first time Captain Britain his story is retold in an American book because his first appearance, as you can see, I have right here. That was uh, came out in England and stuff like that, the international Marvel. But now we have this. But what's really unique about this is this is a Chris Claremont story. John Byrne did the interior. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, John Byrne did the interior, but George Perez and Joe Sinnott did the cover. Boom. Man, you go to Terrificon, you can get this book triple signed by triple Claremont. Signed. Wow and Perez, dude. And this book is a $10 book. You wouldn't even be looking for this book. But look at all those great artists and writers that well, were part of it. You know, I think the Captain Britain spec uh, that's been kind of lingering and, you know, we talked that it's going to be happening. Um, there's a lot of signs pointing to it uh, from Avengers Endgame, when she says Braddock, to the revelation from um, excuse me, the Far From Home 
yep. Spider-Man trailer where he says Earth 833, which is home to the Captain, Captain Britain Corps. Guys, all the signs are there. GPN a 98 is 438, which seems about right. I mean, you know, right. that's, you know, I wouldn't say that's an easy book to get in a 98. No, you know what I'm mean? sure it's not. Marvel team of 65. Who knows, man? Kids were folding them up, putting it inside their bicycle spokes. Who knows what they were doing with them back then, man? Mar Marvel team ups weren't really known for you know their high value stuff. They were just yeah. stuff to bring Spider-Man with other yeah. characters. We've talked about this in the past on the shows where books have been specced on uh, multiple times because at first it was for one character, and then they spec on it again three years later when it's another character. And this is that prime example: first right. appearance of Captain Britain in the U.S. comics. And first appearance of arcade. So this is a double spec book. So take that for what it is. Hmm. If there's such a thing, double spec, hashtag that shit. Double spec, <laughs> double, double spec, double spec. Parents, right all for artists. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. What's <laughs> next? Let's, you know what? Uh, hey, uh, before we do that, can we debunk some stuff? Let's yeah. Debunk yeah. it. Yeah, let's uh, who do we got first? Do we got uh, we got do we got our favorite gal from YouTube? Yeah, fuck her. You got that? Oh, you know what? I don't have that. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Well, uh, this is a segment of the show we like to call uh, "Dumb Tweets of the Week." Yeah. And the winner once again and returning champion is Grace Randolph. Right. Uh, before we came on the show, news broke that uh, Tom King is going to be co-writing the New Gods movie with uh, Ava DuVernay, who is also the director. And she came out with a tweet, basically just shitting on him and her, saying first wrinkle of time was well was critically panned and Tom King was fired from Batman comics for bad sales and pissing off fans. Well, as we had our friend from Comicron on here, what book is always in the top always. ten of sales? Yep. Batman. Batman. So Donkey of the Day goes to you, Grace Randolph, and I hope you figure out how to work your graphic because I cannot watch your <laughs> videos anymore. Uh, it's a graphics bukkake. It's like somebody just learned how to do graphics, and she would talk and throw 10 graphics on the screen all at once. So Grace Randolph, ding, 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 you are the Donkey of the Day. Uh, just wanted to debunk that. And before we move on, I need to debunk one more thing here uh, that our man, the Black Knight, has also got debunked is that uh, no. Han Solo did not have an affair, and he is Ray's father. That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. That's yeah, the rumor wow. going around the internets today is that when Leia and Han broke up, he went and had a child and and fostered Ray as a child, or that's she's her bastard daughter. So this speaks to the uh, the whole thing of parentage has a big role in what Ray is, and if they're using that, then why did you pick Han Solo, who has no Jedi abilities at all? If she was going to have a parent, it would be Leia, who is strong with the Force. It makes no sense. Rey has her Jedi powers because she is the daughter of Han Solo. But anyway, just need to debunk that, guys, because you know what? We're here to debunk shit as well. We're going to yeah. give you as much we know, and then if there's bad information out there, because you know what? Bad information can lead to bad speculation, which leads to you stuck with a bad comic book, like Naomi something, where somebody returns the sale on eBay, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but what else we got, Ryan? Well, it looks like uh, we've got a villain, the outline for Taskmaster. Yeah. In Deadpool 3. Yeah. So uh, this one is getting a lot of lot of traction lately, so we kind of want to sift through it. Um, that We talked about this um, last week or the week before. Mm -hmm. We talked about how ago, Sony really yeah. wants to bring Venom into the MCU fold. Now there's Ruard, uh, Taskmaster is in the initial outline of Deadpool 3 as a villain. 
Uh, also, there's rumor that Taskmaster is also going to be the villain in Black Widow. Uh, neither We haven't really got any confirmation of that, but it's still a great spec book to have. What's more importantly is the rumors of Deadpool will appear in Spider-Man 3. Not the second one, Far From Home, but that he may appear in 3. Well, that's not happening. At least as of now, it's not happening. It'd be kind of hard to justify the rated R Deadpool into the all wholesome Peter Parker, which is the grail of Marvel's universe, right? Spider-Man is the one thing that is off limits to anything that's negative. And you can't have Deadpool saying dick jokes in a Peter Parker film. You know what I mean? Although, you know, he did call him penis Parker, but (laughs) that's about about as edgy as Spider-Man will get for now. Definitely. Uh, But Sony really wants to put Venom in the third Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Right. That makes sense Mm because we've all been yelling for it. We wanted it. Venom did surprisingly well at the box office, even though it was lukewarm. I enjoyed it. I think all of us enjoyed it it for what it was. And it makes perfect sense. Put a Venom inside uh, Tom Holland's, you know, and, you know, here's, they can build on what they're talking about. We haven't seen Far From Home yet, but, you know, if in fact Mysterio is not lying, and saying there are, you know, multiverses. And my man Biggie's, you brought up a great point on uh, his Instagram post when he just Definitely. said, I just thought about the strange number one. Why are fanboys getting uh, uh, so excited about Far From Home announcing that there's a multiverse when the ancient one explained to Doctor Strange that there are multiverses, right? Um, but well, if because that's, a, that's ADD generation, man. Shut yeah, but you know, maybe it's because they're saying you know this brings Sony more into the MCU fold than before, right? Like you know, you know, so now they can, but but Venom as that. So hold on to your ASM three hundreds, man. I don't think Venom is done yet. I think no. you know, it's a great character. It's yeah. a great character. I got a Chromium you know? maybe for sale. Yeah, that's right. Um, and this one, this one is beautiful. really a great, great scoop from our man, the Black Knight. Uh, I would like to first off start off the genesis of this conversation that I had with them. That he goes, uh, he goes. This particular actor is uh, his agent is talking to Marvel Studios right now because he really wants to be in the MCU. And I was like, dude, I know the two perfect movie characters you should play. And I named it. He goes, dude, you're right. I was like, what? What what are we talking about, Ryan? What are we talking about? Oh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. John Wick. What? Looks like he's been in contact with Marvel Studios. You know what? It just uh, reminds me of Robert Downey Jr., right? His kind of rebirth. But, you know, John Wick arguably is what uh, gave Keanu Reeves popularity again. Hell, he's doing another Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That, right. I mean, you know, he's rebuilding his career. And first, I mean, he's just a cool dude. Every story I've heard about Keanu Reeves, he's a great, great human being. Uh, Keanu Reeves' agent has been in contact with Marvel Studios about him being interested in joining the MCU. Yes, Keanu. See, they are coming to Marvel now and saying, we want to be in it. And, right. if, and why know, wouldn't you want to be, right? If you're Tyrese, you're probably not going to get the role because, you know, you piss. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, if you're a big time actor like The Rock, Keanu Reeves, or these guys, hey, I would like to do that. The, Marvel's going to find a way of putting you in there. So, uh, according to Insiders, two characters being dangled for Reeves are, get this, Adam Warlock and... Your favorite, my favorite, Norn Rad of Zenla, Silver Surfer. Think about that. Keanu Reeves playing the Silver Surfer when he used to play a surfer on Bill and Ted. So it's perfect. It's perfect. Bro. I'm telling you, that's perfect casting. Or he man. To surf and point break, right? Yeah. So this is an early negotiation. You think they'll work so- in a woe? Yeah. yeah. Whoa, the power cosmic, bro. 
So that's in early negotiations. No negations have begun yet. This is merely an early courting stage. Basically, Reeves and the MCU are looking at one each, uh, each other's Tinder profiles and swiping right or swiping left. But you know what? I mean, with the popularity of John Wick, you know, Keanu can demand what he wants, and I think Marvel will give it to him. Plus, you know, you know everything I said. The guy is a cool guy. I mean, he's just an average, down to earth Joe in a subway, giving up his seats for old ladies. Marvel and Disney would love to have him in the fold. I mean, you know, because you first you think John Wick, maybe he's getting you more street level, like, you know, you know, doing something. But imagine him because he he can play stoic and quiet. Right. And when I think of Silver Surfer, stoic is what, you know, and, and Adam Warlock is the same way. You know, he doesn't need to be uh, Shakespearean thespian to knock these out. But I think he can do it. Right. Well, I mean, you remember know. him in the Matrix or the first one. You know what I mean? Yeah. He really was that kind of character. Oh. We all know what Silver Surfer is doing uh, right. money-wise, but let's look at a Warlock. Uh, yeah. I won't even, we're not even going to get into what his first appearances are and the num number of names yeah. he's been called. But a lot of times, you know, whatever true first appearances are or whatever, you know, it, I, I don't care what people say are true first. It's what the market dictates. And you cannot change the market by just simply buying up all of them. But the market has dictated the Fantastic Four 67. Yep. is the first appearance of Warlock, him, whatever, Carlos Warlock, you know, Uncle Warlock. So a 90-day uh, GP on it is 288, 7.0. Uh, uh, last sale was 325. If you remember, this book spiked because of uh, the end of Guardians Galaxy number two, yep. where Adam Warlock was teased. And then before the whole James Gunn fiasco happened, James Gunn came out and said, no, he's not going to be in Infinity War uh, any of the two movies and that was a natural connection because you guys all know about adam warlock and his tie to the infinity gems and then starting the infinity watch he said no infinity war is going to happen and then i want to introduce warlock after the fact in guardians of galaxy 3 fast forward through all the nonsense and bull crap we are back on track they're using the same script that james gunn has for guardians of the galaxy 3 so i think that you will we will now see warlock the other speculation we're talking about is thor will indeed be joining guardians of the galaxy 3 and he was already on the ship you know and uh, one of the famous covers of course is uh thor help me out here uh 65 66 with thor fighting yeah. warlock right on the oh, cover because you think about the the guardians of the galaxy team is not they don't have a powerful heavy hitter on their team in the comics they do uh, right. but you know drax and gamora i mean quill is a you know they're they're basically weapons based but thor could fight warlock and warlock is a very powerful kind of artificial uh creature that was created he was in the movies they're created by those golden people i, for, I yeah. forgot what they're called but on uh, in the comics he's actually created on earth um but you know that's a great spec book it's been spec for a while now you yeah. know i remember some of the uh there were some screen caps. We were like, look, that's the cocoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. He's now, in the cocoon. It's you want a crazy future spec. What's his first Magus appearance? Oh, like Strange Tales 178? So there you right go. Right on there? Yeah, doesn't, that, that doesn't he turn bad or something? Correct. The Magus is his kind of evil persona of, right. of Warlock. I mean, there's a lot of crazy... I think he's died and come back to life like 17 times. Right, uh, for this... For this show, though, we're saying, I mean, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, the market has decided that FF67 is yeah. the, the, the true first appearance because there's a ton of them, right? Well, I mean, he's would be him, and then Magnus would be the other one. So yeah. those are books that you could go after right now. Control, another yeah. great. So there's a, strange, there's a Strange Tales run that he's in, but that FF67, and, and why that book is covered is also the same with the uh, X-Men 10, white cover, yep. right? I have an 8.5. 
Uh, and you know, it's not even white pages, uh, shit. Most of them are cream to pages. And so, you know, in a lot of those white covers back in the day, they did these, they were just a pain in the butt yeah. to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're looking at, uh, one more thing. This is new news that dropped. Hold on. Oh, you know what? Um, our man, the black Knight just told me Magus is coming. Okay. Go. Um, Magus <laughs> will be, there's a warlock storyline Magus will be involved hey, so there you guys go folks. you heard it right here first um, there was news today that was dropped by uh, a random Twitter account that was corroborated by some other scoopers uh, that there was a casting call that went out for and they're saying that it's casting call for Shang-Chi um, let's do it and it's going to be filmed in Australia they are fast tracking the Shang-Chi movie thank god uh, so I had to ask our man, the Black Knight, about this, and he goes, "It's true." And then you know, I've been fighting with people on Twitter. We're not fighting, but uh, <laughs> verbally jousting. Whenever an Asian character of any martial arts skill gets done, they immediately gesticulate that they should be playing Shang Chi. And I was like, "He's Korean. He's Japanese." They go, "So?" I say, "So?" I said, first of all, Asian is not a country; it's a continent full of you know countries that all speak different languages. I mean, you can say, you know, South America is mostly speak Spanish, but in Brazil they speak Portuguese. But the way I, the way I say it is, look, I asked him straight up. In my my uh, the Black Knight told me, nope, they're going to be hiring, getting a hundred percent Chinese, uh, an actor of Chinese descent, as to play Shang Chi. Um, not saying they have to be from China, but Chinese American, right? Right. Uh, anybody like that, they can, you know, um, so here's how I go look at it. Marvel doesn't want to piss off the second largest, biggest box office in the world by hiring a Korean American actor to okay. play the first ever Chinese superhero on the big screen. Right. Think about it this way. And I'll put you a good example of how Marvel didn't want to piss off the Chinese box office. When they made Dr. Strange, they changed the uh, heritage of the ancient one to make her an old white lady, as opposed to a Tibetan monk. Cause if you, any of you guys know about what's going on in history, Tibet is always in conflict with China, right? China doesn't recognize it as a sovereign country. Tibet does. Basically China says, no, Tibet, you belong to us. You're part of China. So they Marvel changed that. And you know what? And at first people were like saying whitewashing this and not another, but Tilda Swinton, she killed it as the ancient yeah. one. So you know what? If you can act it, but that with that knowledge, you should know that no way. I mean, if you look at Disney, what they just cast for Mulan, um, almost all Chinese actors, Chinese American, Chinese born uh, for the Mulan movie that they're doing. Um, except for maybe Mushu. He's a dragon. He can be whatever the fuck he wants. Right. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was Danny Murphy in the cartoon for God's sakes. But here's the interesting part, and I'll tie in um, with, uh, and I was telling our man, JLS Comics, who had some, a great video about the uh, new castings coming up. Um, the casting call calls for a wise old statesman who is the leader of his people. The studio is searching for an Asian actor between the ages of 40, 60. Um, and I don't know if we talked about this in our, in our last show. I, don't, I, I know we, we talked about it in our, in our private yeah, chat. Yeah, so many times we've, it's just back and forth. Yeah, um, that... Um, Kevin Feige is still interested in, and this is Kevin Feige has been quoted saying this. He's still interested in bringing the Mandarin back uh, to the MCU. He thinks that you know the villain still can serve a, a great purpose. Um, uh, hold on, holy cow! I just got breaking news. I uh, live tonight. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so basically, uh, we talked about how Kevin Feige wants the Mandarin back, and then our man told us that, um, yeah, uh, they want to bring the Mandarin back. This casting screams out the Mandarin, and it's also saying that the Mandarin is going to be Shang-Chi's father. So that gets around the whole issue of the whole Fu Manchu thing and kind of the stereotyping of Asian villains and whatnot. And plus, Marvel lost the rights to Fu Manchu. They had the rights to him, and that's why they made Fu Manchu Shang-Chi's father. So to bring the Mandarin back into the fold, into Marvel Comics, or excuse me, into the MCU, the Mandarin will be a crime leader, which is the same origins of Shang-Chi, who was basically raised to be a henchman for his father's crime organization, Fu Manchu. Uh, but now it's going to be the Mandarin. So we got teased the Mandarin with Iron Man 2 and in the yeah. ten, 10 rings of the Mandarin. Um, and the, the breaking news that I just got is uh, the Chinese actor is in talks to play uh, one of the henchmen for Fu Manchu. Her name is Zhang Zuzu. Uh, if you know who she is, she is pretty cute. Um, uh, let me see her for... Um, uh, she's been in some American movie. I think she did that movie with uh, Matt Damon, The Wall, which is just awful, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but they're casting her for one of the Mandarin's female warriors. Um, but that's a great spec uh, if you're going to talk about it. Because this, right. I mean, no. it, it kind of, you know, because the, you know, let's be honest, you know, in the 60s and 70s, they're still stereotyping a lot. So, you know, they said, hey, Fu Manchu, everybody knows who he is. And so let's do that as far as the villain. But this gives them the ability to bring back the Mandarin. You know, in the comics, the Mandarin is Asian and they can tie it to Shang-Chi to get around that whole Fu Manchu thing. And so now we have the Mandarin there and his large network of criminal operatives. He's almost like, um, how would I say? Uh, Tell us, well, now let us let Otto tell us what's the first appearance because the first so, appearance of Mandarin, man, I did not yeah. know it was this old and it was this hard found to be honest. You're with getting you. deep right now when you go to the first appearance of Mandarin because yeah. this is Tales of Suspense number 50, an anniversary issue, right? You guys, we love our anniversary issues here at Lords of the Long Box. What is unique about this is this is um, this Tales of uh, Tales of Suspense 50 was done by Stan Lee, his brother Larry Lieber, and Don Heck. Now, those guys are like Marvel bullpen, like originals. I mean, they are the originals. I mean, you're talking Kirby, Heck, Lieber. Larry Lieber, obviously, is Stan Lee's brother, um, just so you guys don't know that. And he is still alive, and he does do a few shows here and there. Um, Don Heck is no longer with us, and he's on the cover of it. And it's a pretty old book. I mean, you're talking early 60s. And this is a book that, for all the shows that I've been to, not that I was necessarily looking for it, but I definitely do not see this book quite often. And, you know, the Mandarin and Iron Man, we kind of speculated on him. We got a little tease with his character, but he's definitely been a strong Marvel villain for many, many years. That and was this- Iron Man's main, that was his main yeah. counterpart. That was his main Absolutely. villain. Right. Are there even any sales numbers on this book? I mean, I can't imagine it's not. I, don't, I didn't find, I, did, I didn't have this. This was too. Well, it will be after this show. This was too, <laughs> this was too <laughs> breaking. This was right. too, um, sorry, I didn't have time to put a slide together. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. No. So, no. so it's that, interesting. just let me yeah. interrupt real fast. So Zhang Zizi, if you guys don't know, she was in. Uh, sorry, I had the wrong actress. She wasn't actually in um, that horrible movie. She's been a lot. She was in her American films are uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. She was the young girl that was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the one that fell in love with the uh, with the main character. Um, so she has she can do the martial arts background. Uh, House of Flying Daggers. Um, she, and in the American movie she's done she's actually going to be in the new Godzilla film Godzilla King of Monsters 
um uh, the Crossing Two. I mean, she is she's she's one of the more well known Chinese actresses, man. So if you, I mean, if you look at her IMDb, it's just filled full of stuff. I mean, The Warrior, Zoo Warriors. She was also in Rush Hour Two with uh, back in the day. So she has a, a of course her her breakthrough film was Hit, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which she just killed it as. I mean, if you remember, she's the one that stole the Emerald Sword, um, and she was flying around with it. And a lot of these Chinese actors, man, they they just train. They I don't they they don't even have to have a martial arts background, but they're just the directors make them do their own stunts. And I think she'll be marvelous smart by by talking to her to be in the Shang Chi movie because that immediately gets them to cachet in China, and that tells you they're going serious. They want I mean you know put Donnie Yen in there as his kung fu master. Boom, I'm done. I'm oh, shit. <laughs> I'm, uh, sign me up now. Make me an extra. I'll let her kick my ass. But that's where we're going with this, man. So um, let me just go back, you guys, real quick. I'm on eBay right now. I'm looking at it. The Tales of Suspense 50. There's a bunch of raw issues um, that are, you know, 100, 200 bucks that are definitely like goods. There's, you know, a 6.5 right now going for 7.95. And there's an 8.5 going for 19.95 or best offer. Now, I'm not looking at whether or not that's um, sold yet. I haven't clicked on that. But these are, this is stuff that, you know, these books are old, you know, and it's, they're tough to come by. So I think there was probably a spec on it when, um, the first go and Iron Man two came out. Right. Yes, and then right. everybody got really disappointed with the way that they ran that. I thought it was hilarious. I thought Ben Kingsley killed it as a role. Oh, funny. Uh, yeah, right. it. yeah. Um, but you know what? That Iron Man two is slept on, man. I, I like it. I enjoyed it too. Iron Man two, or Iron Man three. No, Iron Man three. I'm sorry. Iron Man two is with Whiplash and yep. a horrible. What's his name and all that crazy Mickey Rourke. Oh God, he's unrecognizable. Unrecognizable uh, in that. But um, yeah, man, I think the Mandarin they can do proper now. You know, now that they are, you know, they're down some villains. Give them a foil. Keep them in. You know, this is in Asia. Um, and if you want to even go further, I talked about it earlier. Uh, but right now, War of the Realms, Agents of Atlas, number one, is blowing up. Not only because it's the first appearance of uh, about three or four new characters, most popular one is Wave, who is the first uh, Pinay character, meaning she's uh, first Filipino character. Uh, and that book is raw, like $90, for the Miko, Miko C.U.N. cover. He's a Filipino artist as well, so I'm pretty sure the whole country is buying it up. And... Marvel does things for a reason. This there's an other Agents of Atlas that goes all the way back to Atlas Comics, believe it or not. And there was another iteration that came out like a decade ago, the, which had like Monkey Man and some other crazy characters in it. But this one is the All Asian Strike Force. So if you line that up with the Shang Chi movie, the Mandarin, and basically MCU is leading toward an Asian Avengers team, uh, Agents of Atlas. So. That's your spec right there, man. Get that age. That book is so hot right now. It's only continuing to be hotter. They're talking about Shang-Chi is going to do a trilogy and they want to introduce Agents of Atlas in the sequel. Um, so take it for what it is. If Shang-Chi blows up at the box office, guaranteed they're going to make a sequel. They're fast tracking it. There's casting for it now. They Marvel just came out with an Agents of Atlas comic. I wonder why. I wonder why. Why did they come out with omnibuses and trades? Do you, you remember they came I out with a think, giant? I can't figure it out. They came out with a giant omnibus mastered edition of uh, Master Kung Fu like three years ago. Is it to get it on people's minds? Maybe that's it right. Why exactly. not? It's <laughs> but, you know, part of the plan. It's a huge box office, man. They're tapping into huge potential in the Asian markets. I mean, you think about it. China is the second. If it wasn't for China, there's 
Avengers uh, Endgame wouldn't be over $2 billion. Right. That's how big their box office is. By the way, Avengers Endgame probably in the next week will pass uh, Avatar. So go, go Endgame. It's at, I looked today, it's at $2.68 billion. Good God. So I think two seven something is what they need to pass. So, um, so there's that. So, I mean, also what I'm hearing is the push of the, into the Asian markets. If you, if you've been paying attention, the MCU movies, they do a lot of stuff in Asia. If you think of Age of Ultron, right, there's the Asian scientist lady. If you think about, uh, there's a lot of push into the Asian markets. They hired, the C.B. Sobolski came from Marvel Asia. He even had a fake Japanese name at one point. So. <laughs> 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 Why not? You got to tap into the resources. Exactly. Right? That's where the money is. Um, I mean, the money's so, all over the place, so go out and get it. And speaking of that, um, there's a longtime Asian character uh, that's going to be uh, being brought into this. Uh, I have two copies of it. And I forgot to tell you guys about it. We should have brought it up, but X-Men 64, which is the first appearance of Sunfire. Sunfire will be brought into the fold. He's one of the most popular. So you then Silver Samurai, all these characters. So, so they can introduce Sunfire outside of the X-Men universe, part of Agents of Atlas, makes that team stronger, right? Because if you think about an Asian Avengers team, they have to have strong players. You know, you, you always have the Silver Samurai, Psylocke, Jubilee, Karma, who's part of the New Mutants, who's not in the movie, is the first Vietnamese character that's actually on uh, in the comics himself. Karma was uh, part of the original New Mutants team. Um, so, but there are getting words that they want to use Sunfire on, on, and put him prominently in the movies. Uh, you know, and you got to think about this whole Shang-Chi Ages of Atlas thing is kind of building its own little corner of the Marvel Universe, kind of similar to what the Guardians did, right? And all their little world that they're in that's separate to me. Because imagine... Not everybody has to be in New York, and I think Marvel is realizing that. We can't yep. have 50 superheroes in New York because all the bad guys are going to be finally figured out and they're going to leave, right? Yeah. So, you know, Asia's a giant continent. Exactly. Um, if I remember in one of the uh, Avengers World comics, which is pretty obscure, do you guys remember Avengers World? They had a team of Asian superheroes in Avengers World, and that's when Shang-Chi got the ability to um, uh, multiply and grow big. That's like Shane's that. only power. He he was able to multiply and grow big. It's a so the this is at when three or four years ago when Avengers titles were popping up everywhere. So they had Avengers, new all new Avengers, and then it came out with a oh. little series called Avengers World, and basically they would handle things from outside the world. There was like an Avengers team in the UK. So you know this is this is them going Phase Four and Phase Five and realizing what they're going to use and all i mean it's a huge playground now, and everybody's immediately first thinking X Men, Fantastic Four, but you know what? They don't have to. There's other characters. And there's other characters. And then next week, we're going to talk about some another ground that Marvel's going to go into. And it's not a different world. It's a different era. So I'll let you guys mm. spec on that. Ooh, a little. We can't give up all that. That'll be on next week's Black Knight Report. We're going to talk about uh, a different era that Marvel's going to be going to. And no, we're not talking about Cap and Peggy and their little era in the 50s. This is even further back than that. So that's something to dangle over you for the next week while you guys obsess over it. So want to thank everybody for tuning into today's show. Look at that. We're coming in at two minutes right under. Right after the show, go to check out our friends at the Comic Core Unlimited. They got a live show every Wednesday right after ours. Uh, I want to thank everybody in the live chat. Rag 718, JLS holding it down. TB Slab Dragon. Oh, he changed his name. TB Slab Dragon Watson. All right, I see you. Lon Espinosa, Marco 808. Aloha, brada. Uh, Mastodon Comics and Collecting Comic Book Brother and everybody holding up. Mercurian Eye Relief. I hope I said that right. Um, yeah. 
Thank you, everybody. Make sure you peep us out on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, this show normally gets uploaded in podcast form on Friday or Saturday, uh, but you know you can always check it out. So check out everything. Any last words, Otto? No, thank you very much for watching, you guys. As always, check out uh, you know our other channel, Three Men in the Basement, where my boy Nemesis Prime, Roger Levesque, and Bernie eighteen sixty nine got some good videos on it. Justin's always posting his um, variant videos. We're almost at five hundred subs. That was my goal. Before, um, my goal by June. So, if you're not subbed up to Three Men in the Basement, all one word, please. Right after this, after you saw, after you like Sub us, up. just sub click, it up, please, man. And next weekend, Three Men in the Basement in the live chat, and yep. then there's three little dots next to it. Just click on click go right to right channel on. and subscribe. A great birthday present for me. So next yeah. weekend, we're gonna have a big night Friday night here. We're gonna go live from the grotto and have a little uh, little Otto's birthday party here. We're gonna talk about comics and talk about some great stuff. So that's what we're planning. And uh, no, it's just a great time. Shout out to Ryan for the production on this. Shout out to T TiVo for making all this stuff happen. Shout out to our boy, the Black Knight. And shout out to Nemesis Prime, who wasn't here tonight, and all my brothers from Three Men in the Basement. So thank you very much for watching, you guys. It's always been my pleasure to be here. All right. Thank you, Otto. And shout out to our man, Big Easy, four to $5 super chat to the Lord. All the valuable info. You know what? We're offering you this free, but next week, if you want this information, you have to go to our Patreon page. Just <laughs> kidding. I don't have a Patreon page. I got a regular nine hey, to five job. That's right. I'll show you my boobies. <laughs> Any last words? Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, if you uh, donate the $10, we'll send you a uh, nude sketch of Ryan. <laughs> what Done Cartoon. with my feet. Cartoon. I'm going to draw with my feet. All right, uh, any last words, Ryan? Dark Side Jedi. Nothing. It's it was a blast. Um, I do have. I got word today that uh, a CGC submission is coming home, so it's sight unseen. It was submitted through Rocket Comics. Um, I had six Teen Titans books signed, nice. double signed by uh, Perez and Wolfman at C two E two. Finally back. So finally C2 coming E2. back. Finally, finally coming E2. back. Finally coming back. Uh, once I get them in hand, I'll be doing a unboxing. Sight right now, you don't know the grades. Unseen. I don't know the grades. No, let's keep uh, it like that. Right. Better man than I am. As soon as they tell me to ship back, I ask them. I don't the know. They, I, yeah. Well, I'm not going to ask. I'll Good ask for you, for you, and I'll post it on Instagram. I'll post on Instagram your grades. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, we're coming at you live every Wednesday, and if we get any breaking news in between every Wednesday, we will make sure we come out to you. Uh, peep out my uh, video I just posted on Saturday, man. I got some awesome slabs back from CGC. They're sitting all back there, man. But I got a Holy Grail, uh, super stoked with. So go peep out the, the video. We got some comics in there that you know what we talked about today. Shocking. Pay attention to my Instagram if you guys want to know where I am speculating on. So <laughs> there's no more secrets. We're telling you everything, man. So, hey, uh, thank you all. Make sure if you guys want a Lords of Longbox t-shirt, go over to thegeekyswagshop.com and hook your guys up with the blue, black, and white. Uh, maybe some other colors, but uh, now I'm just lagging. Thanks, you everybody, for joining us. Until next time, boys and girls, remember, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace.